1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW proof. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome
0: to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now here's Cindy Meyer Block Talk Radio
1: And this is the Spirit Seeker Hour. And um, Nate, are you there? I'm assuming I'm live on the air. Not sure, but I'm going to act as
0: Yes, you are live, dear. Okay. <laughs>
1: That's all I wanted to know. I know I came in a little bit late. Okay. And Deborah is on the line. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, so listeners, this is Cindy Meyer and this is the Spirit Seeker Hour. And it's the first Tuesday in December and this evening we have a very special uh guest uh reverend uh deborah ann bourbon and uh are you there deborah yes dear i am okay and um this lady wears many hats i could go on and on um with my take on all the different things she offers but i'd kind of like you to just um lead us through if you would deborah how you got started because i know you started as a nurse and i'm assuming that came before the metaphysical but i may be wrong so um if you would just enlighten our listeners on a little bit of your journey and then I'll ask questions along the way.
0: All right, sounds good to me. Well, actually my journey started um as a child and with uh my father who was very open and allowed my memories of previous lives to come to the surface uh and very gently allowed all of that to open. He also uh when I exhibited talents and abilities took me to a spiritualist church where his mother had taken him. So I had the great gift of loving, open parents who nurtured my uh, quests into metaphysics at a young age.
1: Wow! So this came like this is three. Th- you're the third lineage, and then I know your sons involved, So we're into four lineage, four four different mm-hmm. generations then. Mm-hmm. So then, um, did you go to spiritualist churches as a child? Is that what kind of you know yes, guided it, you? Yeah, but but
0: it, it. My father, my father never took me to the church until I showed a talent. Actually. I uh, had not read about spiritualism, and I thought that I invented the whole concept of spirit contact with spirit wraps uh, because there would be a knock by my bed at night, and I would go through the alphabet. When I got to the letter the spirit wanted, it would knock. If I went through the whole alphabet without a knock, well, that was the end of a word. So as you can imagine, it took months for the story to evolve of a little boy named Freddie who passed away in my house. And when I got the entire story, then I went to my father who was always reading. And uh, he, of course, though, would always give me his undivided attention, and I shared the story with him. And when I finished the story, he put his book down, and he said, well, I'm going to take you where my mother took me. And then that's when he took me to a spiritualist church, took me to Reverend Emma Ardrup, who was wow. the founder of Fifth. And um, I worked with her, and I was probably not more than 10 at that time.
1: You're talking about uh, founder of the Fifth Spiritualist Church. Mm-hmm. Yes, Reverend How Emma How Ar- fascinating. Mm-hmm so so your father also had the gift it's just something yes. that was not spoken of and yet when he saw the same gifts in his daughter he knew that it was time for him to initiate just as his mother had
0: correct yes yes but uh, but he didn't push me in that direction he waited until um mm-hmm. he saw right. that happen when i was much little than that i can remember doing different yoga positions in front of the television set in the living room and he went and got a book on yoga postures and on uh, Hindu religion, and he would turn the pages and go, do you remember any of this? Do you remember any of this? (laughs) So I can remember as a small child, but once once he saw where something was going, then he did whatever he could to augment it, but he was in no way directive of where I was going.
1: Right. So with the nursing, did you know, even when you were a little girl, that you, you wanted to help with healing? and? With
0: well, that? I knew I was a nurse in a past life. When I was four, all of my dolls had bandages on them, and I sat at my desk in my room, and I was the nurse in charge. And when I went to nursing school, I didn't crack a book until we got to drugs. Everything else I knew. And if I didn't get a 100 on a test, that instructor had some tall explaining to do. But I know the exact moment. When I got to the point where it was no longer a past life memory, and that was with all the different medications, and it was like, "Whoops, I have to start studying this stuff" because it was new information going in.
1: Well, and you know, it is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the same thing that when sometimes when people leave this world, they're so fragmented and in, in such you know ill ill health that sometimes they go to healing centers on the other side. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's nursing done in a lot of different ways, isn't there? Yes,
0: there is. I actually think a lot of people, I think the reason there's such a burnout rate in formal nursing is because a lot of people are being called in to do healing work, but society tends to funnel them into nursing.
1: Right, just like guys and There is a vast and infinite
0: difference between the two right. of those.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I can remember, um, you know, I'm a nurse as well, and mm-hmm. I remember going to one of the first um, Holistic Nurses Association meetings, and, you know, by by that time I was already into chiropractic. I was into a lot of the metaphysical and, you know, et cetera. And I went to one meeting, and they were just like, oh, so slow. I felt like I was in quicksand or molasses. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, and then, of course, now it's really grown, and, you know, as time has evolved, it's, you know, much more Expanded, But at that time, I was just like, oh, no, I can't go here. This is not, no, <laughs> because, you know, I was already doing the work. And, you know, and that's really, you know, when we're called to healing in traditional senses, you know, oftentimes it's wonderful to have that understanding just like Edgar Casey, I mean, the man never studied anything, but where did all that come from?
0: You mm-hmm. know,
1: he could do complete medical diagnoses and, and then come out of it and not, you know, he was just back to who he was. Mm-hmm. So, so you have many, many gifts you um you're you're trained in reiki, you've got this nursing thing, um not nursing thing, but you've got this nursing background, which gives you an amazing understanding of the mind, body, and spirit. um you have the store how long ago now, I know the store you started this on a card table in your living room am I right in my home <laughs> in nineteen eighty seven
0: The first thing I sold was on the harmonic convergence in nineteen eighty seven in August. Mm-hmm. So how... And then this building here where we moved, because I moved from my home for several years into a storefront, then we doubled the storefront size, and then I got the building where we are now, and we we opened there on the harmonic concordance. So it was truly an anchoring of that light energy.
1: You know, the building and, you, you have now, is it's just beautiful. And, you know, Thank I remember, you. I was just telling someone um, the story the other day, and I don't even know how it came up, but um, something, we were talking about pathways, and um Something about the old store and the new store, and somewhere along the way, I said, you know, she visioned that. I said she had a group of people that she totally wanted as part of her visioning team come together. And I said it it kept showing up, that pyramid shape, over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I said, and she's in this building that is just absolutely perfect with these pyramid shapes. I said, but, Mm -hmm. you know, she had a group of, of people that, you know, she knew had expanded vision and were tapped in all come together and support her in this.
0: And actually, you know, some of the things they told me when they told me, I thought,
1: right? When it all came to pass, it was, <laughs> I know. it was it
0: was amazing. It was truly it was truly divine intervention.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, so tell me what it means to be an eighth degree Astarian.
0: Well, Astar Astara has eight different degrees, and Astara was started. As a matter of fact, you're celebrating your 60th anniversary this year, by Dr. Robert Cheney and Erlene Cheney. And um, Dr. Robert was at Camp Chesterfield in Indiana, and Erlene was engaged to a pilot in World War II who was missing in action and died, presumed dead. And she went to Camp Chesterfield to contact him where she met Dr. Robert. They got married. Then um, Dr. Robert was uh, talking reincarnation and the powers that be at camp didn't particularly like that, so they left camp, and when they left camp, they began, they began, Arlene began channeling this material, the Astara material. And it's working with uh, the Ascended Master, Katumi, and Zozer specifically, uh, over, also overlays Astara and Dr. Robert. And they brought through material in a very readily understandable form. What is different about Astara from other organizations is most of the time when you get a booklet, you have to get those over time. Like, you know, every month they'll send you one uh, and you work your way through. But with a star, if you have a desire to get all of the degree work or more than one at one time, then they send you those. But it's an excellent look at uh, metaphysics and uh, the different uh, aspects of your uh, esoteric anatomy, a huge amount of material material on death and dying, which is the next DVD we're doing because I consider that extraordinarily important. What a time. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly powerful. And uh and so they uh they have these eight degrees that you work your way through and the eighth degree is that highest degree in Astara. The They're out Fascinating. of
1: California. Well mm-hmm. now you've also you also recommend the book The Seven Rays. Is that to do with Astara?
0: Astara does talk about the material of the rays, but that seven ray material was brought through by Little Miss Alice Bailey, who spent oh. over 40 years of her life channeling material. What a devoted person.
1: Okay, I didn't like that. Started know when I she can.
0: was working as uh, in the kitchen, in the cafeteria of the Theosophical Society in Wheaton, Illinois, oh, when she began to receive that material. And she spent 40 years of her life. And that material is a little bit more complex. The good thing about a star is it takes... That type of material, because that was also channeled, and a lot of type of the material that Madame Blavatsky brought through from the Theosophical Society and puts it in a much more easily comprehendable form uh-huh. with a star.
1: So listeners, if you're not familiar with Alice Bailey or Blavatsky, why don't you tell us about Blavatsky first just a little bit? I mean and listen, if you have questions tonight, all you have to do is press 1, and um, then uh, my producer, Nate, will know that you have a question for uh, Reverend Deborah Ann Bourbon, and uh, we'll be happy to take it because this is the time. If you've wondered about uh, what is the Chilti Order of Spiritual Lightworkers, what is the um, Order of International Co-Freemasonry, what What is it like to travel to India, what is it like to travel to Peru, where all have you been, Deborah, all the other places spiritually?
0: Um, I have been across China to get into Tibet, so I've seen China and Tibet I've been to Peru I've been to England three times Ireland three times Scotland once Egypt three times and that's about the extent of it
1: right so (laughs) also um Deborah has studied with Thomas um the late uh Dr. Thomas Ashley Ferrand um I don't know if it's doctor is a doctor
0: uh no he he has several degrees
1: but it wasn't right but that wasn't it however I heard you got that wrong
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's okay. He was also uh, his uh, his uh, metaphysical, his spiritual name is Namadeva. And before he passed, a year before he passed, he was made an Acharya. So that's a very uh, high level of being that te- that gifted teacher and in bringing information through. I personally feel that a hundred years from now, people are going to realize that Namadeva Thomas Satchidananda literally has saved mantras from extinction. His mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's, he's oh. done incredibly powerful work.
1: You know, so, so this is the deal. Deborah has brought people into the store. Like she, she makes it sound like a little store. Well, it's not exactly a little store. It is a mecca, um, a center for higher levels of consciousness. I mean, I've studied dowsing with her. I've studied all kinds of things over the years. I mean, one time I was in there getting a reading. This was back in 1997, and I had been in Dallas the year before, and I had heard um, this whole message about, uh, vibrational Sound Therapy, so I'm getting a reading and, and the reader says, are you staying for the lecture tonight? And I'm like, what lecture? And he goes, this lecture on vi- um, vibrational sound healing therapy, and I was like, you've got to be kidding, and it was like this Nicole Lavoie who was there from Canada, who spoke exactly on what I dreamed about. It was just fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So Deborah brings in all these people. She's brought in um, uh, Thomas Ashley Ferrand almost every single year. She brings in people who do RF photography, but not just take your picture and give you a printout and say, Thank Thank you you very much. See you later. No, I mean, they give you an actual interpretation of it. She's sponsored um, a psychic fair for, I mean, how many years have you done those psychic fairs every month? Oh,
0: that's been at least 10, 12, maybe even longer than that, maybe 14 years.
1: I know. Since we were
0: at at our old location, since 93, since 93 when we went to the old
1: location. Because I, I started as a reader professionally, you know, as far as being out there, being promoted, I mean, other than, you know, out of, you know, my home and wherever I read, I mean, yours was the first, your store was the first place that I ever read, you know for the public in that way and um and i've just you know i've always appreciated that start and knowing you know i learned so much from working with the other people and the way you handled the energy in the store because you know she has these at that time your store was a lot smaller and half of it was taken up with the energy of this psychic parent everybody was busy from the time they sat down and then the other half was retail and then you know but then you know so this this has been offered to the community since 1993 in St. Louis. And and then on Sunday nights, following the Psychic Fair, then you have the church.
0: That's right. Circle of Light Independent Spiritualist Church meets every Sunday when the store closes at 7.
1: Mm-hmm. So now when, how long have you done that?
0: Well, there was an older Circle of Light, and um, that kind of, though, went by the wayside when the ministers passed away. So we got together as a group and reformulated it and got our 501c3 uh, several years ago. I met into at least like five or six years ago with the reformulation. And um, since that time, I have ordained for, uh, five other ministers, which was really good because I was the only minister and I wanted to be sure that that passed on too.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know... We go in a lot of directions, so listeners, if you do have a question, you just, you know, push one. But Deborah, where I'd like to go next is um, you. Obviously, you do have, you know, besides uh, Nate, is there someone with a question? I thought I heard Nate. Okay. A caller uh, Gabriel from New Mexico. Oh, okay. All right. Okay.
0: Right. You're on live.
1: Okay. Hello, Gabriel. Hello. Yes. Okay. And what is your um, welcome to the call? And what is your question for uh, Reverend Deborah this evening?
0: Well, <clears throat> I was wondering, uh, I was going through some really bad health problems, and I pulled myself out of it completely, like totally healed a new person, different, and uh, then I felt like I kind of got pushed back down just by uh, people around me, like just, you know, harassment, just a whole bunch of stuff. and. I know that we're supposed to learn stuff, but, uh, like, I don't think that I'm going to be able to pull myself out this time, you know, and I was wondering if you can kind of get any, tell me anything that, uh, why this ha- is happening, or, I because mean, sometimes I feel like maybe I'll, like, Hitler in a past life or something, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, well, Gabriel, we're not doing readings tonight, um, but, but, you know, since you're here, and we didn't make that clear... Um, I will. I will. I, I would be
0: happy to to share some things with Gabriel. Oh,
1: good. That it might okay, not only you. be just for
0: Gabriel, but you know how spirit works. I'm sure there are others who mm. would be uh, helped by it as well. Okay. Gabriel, first of all, let me tell you that you are a very powerful being. We all are, and it is very important that you do not allow other people to determine your energy. Sometimes, when people are not tuned into spirit. They know they need energy, but their vibration is consumed with things on this material plane. So they know they need energy, but gee whiz, how to get it? And here you come, your bright little shiny star self, connecting up with your higher energetic self, getting yourself moving along in your spiritual quest, and they see that. And like moths are attracted to a flame, they want the energy that you are displaying. Now, how to do that? Well, you know, it's a lot easier to make people angry than it is to get them to love you. It's a lot easier to push their buttons and sap their strength out of them than it is for them to get you to give them energy out of a loving heart. And so they know they need that energy and you become the food source for that. It's very important that you do not allow anyone to take your energy from you without your permission. You are in control of your life and as far as being beset by issues honey i can guarantee you that father mother god is a very loving being and if the test shows up it's because you have all the answers to pass the test you may not think it consciously but honey it would not even come into your sphere unless you truly had the keys everything that comes to us in our life is a learning lesson we're down here this is earth school We're down here to learn and to grow so we propel our soul growth. And we all chose to come down here to learn these lessons so we can grow spiritually. I personally believe in reincarnation. That's my explanation for a very loving father, mother, God. You know, what else would be fair if a baby dies at two weeks old and the mean little old man down the street lives to be 90-something? Where's the fairness there? In reincarnation, though, we all interact. We have bonds with other people. We may be bringing through things from past lives. But when it comes to the surface, it's because at that point, you have the ability, the talent, and the skills to be able to handle it clearly and to grow from it. The key point is you must be in charge. Your emotional body is a wonderful gift, but you can't let it rule the show. You have to come at it from your mental body and hold the reins on that emotional body and not allow other people to pull you down or to pull your energy from you. You are a very powerful and adept being. The fact that you brought yourself to a higher level once shows that you are capable of that and you are capable of so much more. We're all always more in potential than we are in actuality. Thank you.
1: Okay. So, Gabriel, I... um, I think those were very wise words, and you're the boss on this, and you've got everything you need. Or you would not have, we wouldn't have attracted, as as uh, Deborah said. So thank you so much, for, because this, you know, the answer to your question, I'm sure, is helping a lot of other people that are listening tonight. So thank you so much. Thanks for that answer. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. darling. Thank okay. you. All right. So good luck with everything. So Thanks. okay. So, the The real feel of who is Deborah bourbon, you just saw it in action, and this comes because she is you know deborah, since I've known you you were you were like just so devoted i I often wonder when do you sleep, you know it's one of those
0: well <laughs> <laughs> um, you know um i am very- i i am very focused on what i'm doing um I really feel that. Uh, it's the most important thing that I can do is to help people raise their level of consciousness. I think we're in some very incredibly powerful times, and I think that every one of us has the capability within us to not only move ourselves forward, but through moving ourselves forward, be a beacon to others so that they can move forward as well.
1: So, um, So this is a perfect segue into 2012. A perspective and a plan. This is Deborah Bourbon's latest um, undertaking. I, I feel like I'm with Oprah or something. It's like, you know, what's your next thing going to be? You know, as far as, you know, and I mean that in a loving way, you know, I know, I know, you know it. But it's like, you know, um, this is wonderful that now we can access your teachings this way. So you've always had a website, you know, that you keep up to date with all the different things. For years, if you go into her store, in your bag goes the calendar, you know, Deborah's famous calendar with all of her classes and, you know, all the different people who come and teach there but this is all new with this 2012 dvd so tell us about this and and where you're planning to go next well
0: actually i've been teaching classes since the night since the early 90s in this last section i at once upon a time back in the 60s did have a store and did teach classes back then but uh now in this generation um I've been teaching a lot of people. A lot of people move away. Jobs take them to other cities. Families take them to other cities. They relocate. And I keep hearing from people. I really wish I could come in and still be connected and still come in and still take classes. So the next step logically to me is to put those classes out there on DVD. And the very first one that we did, and I already have over 70 different classes recorded, but the very first one that we've gone through production with is the 2012, a perspective and a plan, because this is huge i really personally think this may be one of the reasons that many many people are have chosen to be informed today to be here to help move through this incredible window of opportunity that 2012 presents to us and it's been known about since ancient times native you've seen the dvd indigenous cultures all over the planet reference to this window this is incredible and then people now are studying and there's some there's some plausible theories and there's some pretty phenomenal out there theories but the whole concept is something's going on and how are we going to move through this period you know when when things are brought to our door there's a reason for it it's all in divine order and there's very well very well for many people this could be one of those pinnacle events in their many lives
1: Right. So the bottom line is – not bottom line. I mean, what what you're saying is, okay, like 2012 is here. We've got this energy. We've got this opportunity. And um, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with this influx of energy? I mean – you know, there's, it's not an accent. You're right. Anyone that's here at this time, it's just this great opportunity. And mm-hmm. this DVD is just wonderful. I mean, <laughs> I, I actually showed it to some of my students that were um, here for the, I forget what night. Oh, I had a, an eight-week study class. And I mm-hmm. said, you can't watch it all because you have to go buy it. But, <laughs> but we, we watched part of it as a group. And they were all just like, you know, so fascinated because, I mean, you did a great job with it. Great Thank information, you. great pictures, just all of it. Thank
0: you. Well, and I have a, Eric is a wonderful videographer. He put all that, he found all that scenery to put behind me as I'm talking about the different topics. and and people just came to the forefront. The, the cover design was by a customer and dear friend who's a graphic designer. The music is by a customer who comes in the store, a young man. Oh. The um the animation for the logo that was a gift from another gentleman who's a customer. I mean everybody and the uh the narration voice is Ed Francis, the voice of NPR in St. Louis on on Sunday. Oh. So There's a lot of people who came forward to be of assistance, and it was just it boggled me. It really did. It was
1: well. And with with this DVD comes a free PDF or printout of all the class notes, and there's Mm -hmm. a free MP3 or audio CD of the presentation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, that's something new. I mean, that's really nice that you're offering that with it.
0: Well, a lot of people don't just sit behind a, a desk; they're out doing things, and so we're trying to get the information to them in a way that they can take it and use it and act on it. And some people like to hear something over again, you know, so having it where they can play it in their car or on their little iPhone and it's it's going to be huge
1: hmm that's really you're, you're tapping into all of the all of the ways that people are using communication now i mean young people rarely read newspapers anymore they automatically go online msnbc news and you know whatever they have they have my son reads five different news little delivery systems oh my mm-hmm. good lord you know and, he, and they don't even pick up newspapers anymore it's just something mm-hmm. from the past you know and and most people like you know they love these mp3 files because then they can listen to them at their leisure you know mm-hmm. and um so how deborah tell Tell people, you know, your website, contact information, how they find this, how they access, you know, et cetera, all the different things you're offering.
0: Okay, well, uh, the web address is www.pathwaysstl.com. for Com. So there's two S's, the S for pathways and the S for STL. And then on the website, we are in the process of... Uh, Becoming doing online sales and that should be up and running with the DVDs, but also with Pathways Gallery because we have some very beautiful beautiful crystals, unique oh. pieces of jewelry. So Tankas, so from India, so those very special items, um, the jade statues from China. So those types of items will be out on there as well. Hopefully within the next month, I've just hired someone new to put all that together for me, and uh, the calendars are there for our events as well. So,
1: um yeah so at this point they 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 can't get it through Amazon or anything like that. It's strictly coming through pathways
0: right at this point in time um we we have to buy uh blocks of uh i s b n barcodes and we can't send it out there without the barcodes yet so oh. the, so they're not out there until they become barcoded and that process um I'm trying to determine, do I want 70 or I want to go ahead and get 100 because I have so many more classes to do. So once we have our uh, all that in order, we'll move forward with it. Right now, though, it's all just through Pathways.
1: So if you want it, you can call the store at 314-842-0047. That's 314-842-0047. Or you can visit www.pathwaysstl.com, and that's just the way it sounds, at uh, P-A-T-H-W-A-Y-S. Stl dot com, and um, tell tell them what else you have on your website because you've got a lot of good stuff on there.
0: Well, we also have a resources page, and that's a that's a huge help to people. And there are downloadable uh, PDF file handouts there we have to sell them for a dime a piece in the start to cover printing. But there's a form about smudging, there's the magical qualities of oils, of candles, there's uh some herb warning facts so you have some ideas about different herbs what you should and shouldn't do with them. There's uh stones and their qualities, there's uh, there's a whole variety of handouts that are that are available on the website and then there's also the news about who's coming to town, what's going on, what's new. Um a new arrivals page, the um the calendars of events that are coming up. And there, I have a lot more room than on a printing calendar, so there's a paragraph about each different event that's happening so that people have a little more of an idea. There's a Meet Our Family page where there's little bios about the different readers who are here and the different light workers as well as the employees.
1: It's just you know she you know Deborah supports her community and you know you're so well respected Deborah and I mean I you know I send people there as much as I can whenever they're like they need smudging supplies or oh and cards she has the most amazing um, selection of cards and you know a lot of places you can't touch the cards and see what they look like but oh no Deborah has all not not I don't know if you have one of every deck but just about every deck you do I think just about, There's, just about. yeah samples of all the different cards you can actually touch the cards feel the cards see which one you choose to use for your divination methods, and, you know, that's very rare, and, you know, she kind of understated, if you could see the crystals, oh, my goodness, and, you know, Reiki books, and, you know, so, you know, I'm glad you're going to be able to order all of this online, because um, I, my sense is that there are many people who, you know, well, we both know there are just many people who live where they can't get these things.
0: Yeah, we um, had Lon Lon Duquette, an author in, and uh, someone came down from Chicago to see him, and Sit up in front of the audience and said you know ladies and gentlemen i could find all this stuff in chicago but i'd have to go to five stores to do it
1: right oh i know i've been in chicago and it's true it's absolutely true what she described like you'll go one place and there's a juice bar and then you go one here and they specialize maybe in crystals and another place you know in readings but you know you have the mecca i mean you have everything in this store and so um now the other thing is is deborah takes people on spiritual journeys and um I'd like to go ahead and segue into that, and mm-hmm. um, you know we can talk about. There's so many places we can talk about, but I have not been to Machu Picchu, and I've not been to Stonehenge, um, mm-hmm. nor India. So, and I've been to Egypt. So we'll talk on talk about Egypt if we have time. But I, and obviously you've been there three times. So mm-hmm. that's isn't that I the most you've back. been? Huh. That's well, the I'm most you've sure been to I've any. Been. Yeah. Well, and see, my teacher from India that I studied with said that he is urging people to go to Egypt right now more than India. So maybe we should start with Egypt. Okay. Obviously, for you to go back three times to Egypt, well, what's going on?
0: Well, um the first time I went to Egypt, I was quite impressed. It was quite a few years ago in the mid nineties, and. Um, realized I wanted to go back another time to see more and to spend more time. So uh, I thought I would bring my son with me, who's an adult, because that would give me uh, traveling with a man, in, in and they're a very conservative country. And so I thought, well, this will be good, because then I'll have a lot more free time. We got to Egypt 9:10, and then 9-11 happened. Oh. So we were over in Egypt for 9-11 and could not come home and watched it all on El Gazira television on the Nile. So I didn't get to really do uh, uh, some of the things that I wanted to do at that point in time. Plus, though, my son had shattered his heel two weeks before we left, so he was wheelchair-bound on the trip. Uh But but we did do many things in many places. But I wanted to go back again, and there was a group of people that come to the store that had not been there, and this was a golden opportunity, and so we went. We went back again this year. uh, the, the, um, The museums are incredible, the temple site's phenomenal. It's um, it's it connects. I connect with ancient Egypt. I'm sure you do too, Cindy. When you go uh, there, you just feel, oh, this is this
1: is just right. where my
0: heart is. Yeah.
1: That's, well people you know you' you're you're blonde, but i 'm not this you know redhead lady and you know auburn and i 'm telling you I had all these people you look Egyptian you know and you you, you start to feel <laughs> Egyptian, you know I mean yeah. all these memories are there, and mm-hmm. i mean it's almost like I just knew things you know i mm-hmm. I, I mean I actually channeled Isis and Isis temple, the temple mm-hmm. of Isis i mean oh that's that temple.
0: that is so beautiful
1: oh, you know we arrived this was the most amazing thing we you know we you go by bus and then you take a boat. across and we we um had people that arranged private time with all, not all of them some of the open um areas we you know some of the some of the sites we had to go during the middle of the day, but a lot of them we were there at six in the morning um mm-hmm. and finished by eight eight thirty when the when, when the usual sites open for the public, and so mm-hmm. we would have this sacred, quiet, spiritual time and all this, and then we would come out, and there would be like you know, in Temple of Isis, you know, so the island. We came out, and there were boats just everywhere, all lined up, and the people just running off the boats, you know, like yeah. you know, and and when we were in the great, uh, the Great Pyramid, we came out, and you know, you come out of that one little doorway in the middle of this huge pyramid, and the whole Gaza Strip was like just you know, um, loaded with. Uh, tourist bands and everything and here we are coming out with a group of forty like whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. um yeah, but Temple of Isis to me that was like one of those I don't know, that one that one just really touched me in so many ways.
0: hmm That's very profound. And people find different spots, different sites, but just about everyone has a spot with which they resonate and it really touches them deeply and they come away with very profound experiences. But most of the trips I take are to sacred sites and I've seen that happen with different cultures with people over and over and over again. It's amazing. Mm -hmm.
1: So, um, so with Egypt, what, um, what was? I mean, so that was. I can't even imagine being there for nine eleven. I mean, because oftentimes the groups that are going to Egypt are going in groups and configurations to do healing work from Egypt to send to the rest of the world. Is my understanding with some of the sacred geometry and just you know all that you can tap into there. But, but you know, I can't even imagine being there watching this happen. And here you are, like I can't even imagine.
0: Oh, the government took very good care of us. We were still able to go to temple sites. They had uh they had armed guards with us. It mm-hmm. kinda of slows down your ability to get into deep meditative states when there are people standing around you with machine guns and helmets and right. black jackets on, you know. But um but they were they were very concerned, they were very loving, they they were very much in sympathy with what was going on in our country. Asking us, you know, did you have any relatives in New York? Do you have friends in New York? They really extended a hand to make us feel safe. It was, it was mm. very beautiful. It was very touching.
1: You know, it's an interesting place because we. What was that? Was that the trip where, or was that a different trip where everyone that all the machine guns came out?
0: No, that was that was Egypt. <laughs> that was ah, Egypt back. So. That was Egypt back then. Yes, yes. But it was. But at the same time, though, they did make us feel very, very safe. Actually, the gentleman that was our guide on both that trip and on this trip to Egypt is planning to come to St. Louis next year.
1: Oh, my gosh. And, I yeah. have to know, and yeah. I'll help you promote it.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm, I'm, he's, he was a wonderful, wonderful tour guide, and he has family that's in the States, so he's coming over to visit. So we're looking oh forward gosh. to bringing him in. Mm-hmm.
1: I will be there. You know that. But, yeah, I'm um, in.
0: Yeah,
1: so, so you know, did you go to the Temple of Dendara?
0: Not this trip. I, had, I was at Dendara on the previous trip. Also on this trip, we could not go to Abydos, and we could not. Uh, there was another one that we, Asna. Uh, we couldn't get out of Asna either. Um, they couldn't guarantee the safety of a large group in those places. Okay. But we but we did go to that Temple of Horus. We did go yeah. to Luxor and Karnak and those places.
1: And it's Isn't Luxor resort. just amazing?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah.
1: Totally different. I mean it's yeah. the same but it's not. It's like well, I don't know. I mean I it's much more modernized and um there're actually traffic lights in Luxor. <laughs> you know, you don't I mean that was the biggest thing. I arrived at like I don't know midnight and I think I got to the place where we were staying around 3 in the morning and it's just such a night culture. I mean they they say that the um the the, the satellite, you know, the TVs has changed their whole culture.
0: Mhm.
1: Because it was so agrarian, and now they're up watching TV late, and they're farming. It's just everything is just very different. But it's well, and still... it gets so
0: hot during the middle of the day, so they are up at night. Right, they're doing things when they're not in that heat of that desert in the daytime.
1: Mhm. So three times you've been there. So where where are you going next? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, Mel, who uh,
0: works here with me, has uh, wants to go to Malta. And we also talked about going back to England to go to Glastonbury and to go to Stonehenge. So we're bouncing around a lot of different ideas. We'll just we'll see where we wind up going.
1: Well, let's talk about Peru next. What was that
0: like? Peru was phenomenal. You know, the conquistadors never found Machu Picchu. So the energy there, there, there are those who feel that Machu Picchu is the heart chakra, the heart center of our planet, just like the Great Pyramid of Giza is the crown center. And... um Machu Picchu all of Peru was was quite phenomenal. the uh, the the plane we flew over the plain in Nazca and it, you can tell this is a landing strip. it was it was just incredible, and there were um there the people there again were very loving. we went to Cusco and uh, there's a it's uh, it's a very high in the in the Andes in the mountains and the people were just phenomenally wonderful. everywhere we go there are more things more ways where we are all alike. And that we are different. We may have a different language or we may have a different culture, but, you know, a smile. And everybody basically wants the same thing. They want peace. They want their family to be safe. They want food. They want shelter. There are so many ways in which we're all very
1: similar. So, wow. Well, I mean, you know, when Shirley MacLaine, you know, made Peru, you know, that she was one of the first people who really talked about it publicly as mm-hmm. far as, you know, on, um, a person who is... You know, in the limelight, so to speak, and you know, I remember that book out on a limb. You know, reading it, going, "Wow!" You know, and but that's one of the places that I have heard is still relatively untouched. I mean, compared to so many of the other places.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible, and they terraced all the way up their mountains. It's it's amazing, and some of the some of the temple sites, the way that the the stones that were there are put together, again, much like the Great Pyramid with those outside casing stones, you can't put a piece of gold leaf between those rocks. It's it's amazing. Some of them almost look like they had a sound frequency to turn them like to a jelly to there where they just kind of slid deformed to form together. It's how they how they did it is just truly a miracle.
1: It's, I mean it's just like when you're in, in um in Egypt, you know, I was I forget the name oh, of this particular but it had, okay, they had a lot of the medical instruments. Um, mm-hmm. Like you could see. Oh, like, which one was it? Kamumbo. Yes, I think Camombo it is. That, is that, you people. know, and then and then the one where you look up and at the top of the ceiling of this pyramid is a picture of a helicopter, a yes. submarine. And a tank. Yes, and a tank. What, what <laughs> the heck? I mean, you know, it's like, and what they said is that they came from by land, by air, by sea, every which way. Mm-hmm. That's pretty I mean, amazing. I, it's like beyond amazing. It's like, you know, you look at it and you think, and we think we're like, you know, smart.
0: Yeah, and look at the Sphinx with how old that is. Now, it's, a, it's an illusion when they take a picture and show you the Sphinx in front of the Great Pyramid. In truth, the top of the head of the Sphinx is parallel to the bottom of the Great Pyramid. And then out in front of the paws of the Sphinx, under that are even more temples down underneath the sand that haven't been dug out.
1: I know, And beneath amazing. all those
0: temples that we've gone to, there's older temples under that. It's like, how old is this place?
1: I know. It's like, you know, and until you're there, you really... Dig, you're really, going
0: to dig up a temple. Wherever they go, to put a shovel <laughs> on the
1: ground, they're going to find something. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then they tell you not to drink the water and everything. But, you know, at one point, I was having rosehip tea. A couple different places, I just surrendered, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to have it. And I was just fine. I probably, probably shouldn't have taken the chance. But you know what? It didn't matter. It's just like you just feel so loved in certain parts of Egypt. It's just like you feel like I mean, for me, I felt like I came home.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and then and then the oils. I've always been drawn to the oils, and I think the Egyptian oils are phenomenal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they just they just understood, and oh, we could go on and on, couldn't we?
0: <laughs> so, it's a beautiful so, thing.
1: Oh my oh, we god! We live on and a beautiful I, planet. My goodness,
0: you asked me where my next trip was going to be. My next trip is going to be this year, going to Chaco Canyon in New Mexico. I want to go back there and explore that some more. The, the ancient cultures in in the states are just phenomenal as well.
1: Right, I've been there. Been, it's just amazing. You yeah. know, when I was in Sedona not that long ago, and you know, I just. Uh, I just look at, you know, the time right now on the planet. We are just so lucky to have access to get to so many different places with our modes of transportation. And, you know, if nothing else, we go on the Internet, and you feel as if you're there just by or, – or, or go watch, you know, YouTube. I mean, I think YouTube has been the best invention ever created, I mean, outside of the Internet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I feng shuied a home for a, um, a reporter for one of our local newspapers a couple of years ago. They were doing a thing on psychics, and she says, "You're the only psychic that's a feng shui consultant. I'd like to know more about that." So I wound up actually feng shuiing her home, and I'll never forget it. We get to her upstairs office, and her little son, this spry little thing, not quite—I mean, maybe he was three years old, just, but just barely. If he was, he hopped up on that chair, he got his hands flying on that keyboard, and I said, "What exactly is he doing?" And she says, "Oh, he wants to." Know about something, so he's on YouTube watching a video, age three. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at this and I thought, what is technology? You know, gone are those encyclopedias where you flip the pages. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's just such a different culture. And so I think that what you're doing, Miss Deborah, with you know making your information, your knowledge available in a whole different way, I think you're definitely just so much on the right track. And. you know, my sense is that you're going, like the people, where, where were they from that they came in? Your, oh, Chicago. My sense mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's just going to be easy and effortless, and you're you're going to attract a lot of different people who just find you online because this is the way to do it. The way that's to do the it. next
0: step for us. That's the next step is to mm-hmm. once as we get these DVDs done, DVDs done to get some things out onto YouTube to get to get more online where people are, where younger people are because that's mm-hmm. it, the wave. You know, that's where we're going. I was doing some stuff on ancient civilizations and prior to the last ice age and these great places that we don't know who built them so long ago. Like the like the Great Pyramid, and the Sphinx, and I have a dear friend that does our stained glass work on. St. Louis artist Gary and I said to him, "I said, so. I said, what do you think happened to these cultures? How come we don't have anything in writing about them? What do you make of that?" And he held up his iPhone. He goes, "They went digital." Oh my God! That very well could be it. They could have been so advanced that when they're gone, they're gone. They didn't leave written records because they didn't write. Oh. You know, there was there was there was no wheel when they made the when they made the Great Pyramid. They didn't have a wheel. Well, you know, if you've mastered levitation, you don't need a wheel. No, you don't. You know, we're pushing things around on this planet right now in wheels because that's how we do it, but there could have been a totally different technology in place. You know, just the years that that Nazi Germany was separated from the West, their technology took a very different
1: bent than ours did, and that was only a few years. Right, right. Well, and, you know, what you were saying about, you know, uh, the consciousness, I mean, who knows? I mean, when you were talking about um, in Machu Picchu with the precision of the stones, I mean, there's mm-hmm. this This is throughout all the different cultures. I mean, you look, well, not all, but, you know, but, but the more advanced ancient cult, uh, cultures, mm-hmm. I mean... How did they do that with those stones with That's the right. pyramids? And then, and then you know, within some of the pyramids, it's really fascinating. They they'll have back rooms where they're still going through the artifacts, and they won't let you. I mean, I remember someone in our group trying to like take a peek in there, and they don't like that at all. It's like you're not supposed to get anywhere near those artifacts in those back rooms. And it's like, you know, they're constantly finding new things. It's not mm-hmm. like it's like you know we're done. We've we've oh no. no. It's I mean it's just a fascinating fascinating situation. And you know, and I've also um, well, what was the other and um no, no 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 I, iran some of the iranian stuff i mean it's just so many of them bury their their treasures with them you mm-hmm. know symbolically or otherwise and i don't know i just i just think it's fascinating and then so with stonehenge i've never been to stonehenge why don't you describe to our listeners what that is like
0: stonehenge too is very phenomenal and we've had the the great honor every time we went of being able to do ceremony inside the circle at Stonehenge. Oh my and the gosh. one time we went, we were there the morning after the Druids had done the Autumn Equinox ceremony there, and I was actually like at the front part of the group, and my little head was went into that circle at Stonehenge. And I was the first person in the group to, and the stones were audibly humming until I stepped completely in the circle, and then I didn't hear it humming anymore. The, those stones, you know, not only in Stonehenge but all those stone circles, that that granite has a very very high quartz content, like over fifty five, sixty percent quartz. So that you wow, you know, it's like a crystal ball. Quartz, that's right, that's right. It's a it, that's the pinnacle of the mineral kingdom, and it has that vibrational quality to it. That's why it's big in computers. And so, um, the, being in Stonehenge was was truly very very phenomenal. The energy there was just um, that's so so stabilized you know every time they learn something new about cycles of in astronomy and they look at stonehenge and oh look it's been recorded there (laughs) it's like we bring ourselves up to and then we realize there was an ancient culture that already knew these things you know when you're talking about cycles that are, are longer than these people's lives were supposed to be it's like well how does that happen you know there's a there's a lot a lot of those ancient sites uh really ancient sites like stonehenge were built after when many people feel there was a large comet or a large meteor that hit Earth and so therefore there was then a big interest in what's out in space and what's coming towards us. Wow. It's just it's fascinating. When you go back beyond and look at the last ice age and really truly ancient cultures, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know that remember that Ripley's Believe It or Not column? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Well there there was a Ripley's Believe It or Not that said they found gold jewellery in coal. What? What? How can that be? That that's outside the paradigm what we think history follows. You know, we we have some idea that all cultures are going to evolve the same way we did. So if you look at some ancient cultures, and look look at ancient India, they had they had those flaming arrows. They had those those. They had ships. They had ships that flew through the sky. That was the whole idea behind the whole romancing the stone and those those German researchers and scientists in World War II going down India and trying to find this stuff because they're looking at those texts. These people had rockets. We got to see what they were doing.
1: Mm-hmm. There was
0: the reasons for this, and there, there's a, there's a lot we don't know about ancient cultures, and I think that well, you look at Mexico.
1: Future, I mean. Yeah. yeah, like in Mexico, I mean, you know, they're still finding roadways between, you know, um, between the, what do they call, like the different, what do they call them, like, um, like Tulum and Chichen Itza, Mm-hmm. Um, between the different cities, I guess basically, and um, I mean they're still finding things. I mean, and you know Tulum isn't, it? yeah, it is Tulum where they have like the they did the offerings and they drew, they threw all the jewelry in. They had the body, I mean, all of it. And then they try and drain those to try and get to the the beautiful things that are in there, and they just immediately fill up. It's like, it's well, you'll appreciate this when we were down in Peru. In one town, this medical
0: doctor who had passed away the year before we got there, but he had this huge collection of stones, carved stones, and the um uh, the peasants that he treated, they would bring him these rocks that they found, and then as payment, and uh, they had found these in these ditches and honey. They have rocks showing heart transplant surgeries with people with IVs in them. And I mean detailed stuff. They had brain transplants. Whenever they transplanted a brain, they transplanted adrenal glands. I, went, I flipped out. I'm like, oh, my God. And when what was, this? was this? I took pictures, and this was in Ica, Peru. Oh,
1: my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's like, amazing. It, it, was,
0: it was. It was like, these. you know, something's happening here that's way beyond what these people are currently doing. I mean, we're talking stuff and techniques that we, modern medicine, hasn't even progressed to yet. Right,
1: right. Well, you know, um, one of the covers for Spirit Seeker way back when, um, it was when Mary Novak was doing the covers. I don't know if you know her. And she's she, she is like, she's always been out there as long as I've known her. And she had this ancient, ancient book like I mean, way before Christ was on this little earth plane. You know, we're talking about way back with the ancient sutras of India and everything, and she had this picture of the seven chakras, the most detailed thing with all these, like, words. You know, I mean, she made a cover of it, and I'll just never forget. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, to look at the knowledge that they knew about the energy and centers and vortexes in the body way back when. This was, like, way before. You know, we think, we, you know, think acupuncture is kind of new, and we think all this stuff is new. You know, it's always been there, and it's just like mm-hmm. it's almost like we're rediscovering it. The difference, you know, like, like when I love the story, I mean, I'll never forget, well, like, you know, what you said the front hour where you talked about with nursing, the only thing you had to really learn was the medicines, you knew all the mm-hmm. rest of it. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I always wanted to be a nurse from the time I was a little girl, and my girlfriend's mother used to say, "Well, why don't you set your sights higher? Why don't you want to be a doctor?" And I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no! I have other things I need to do." I said, "Nursing is going to help me do exactly what I need to do." And Isn't saying, it amazing how, when you
0: get older, all those little disjointed pieces where you spent time—sometimes maybe even a decade in your life doing something, mm-hmm. and then you turn away from it and you go, "Well, there was that," but yet that becomes the most, one of the most important linchpin pieces when you get to some point in the future of your life. Everything is like, it's like I couldn't have planned it any better. It all falls in order.
1: Absolutely. So listeners, this is Cindy Meyer, and um, this is the Spirit Seeker Hour. I publish Spirit Seeker magazine in the Midwest and have done so for the last 13 years. It's primarily in Missouri and Illinois, but it is also an e-zine that can be read at www.spiritseeker.com. Now, the new thing that is happening for Spirit Seeker starting with our January issue, um, many of you are reading it all over the country, and, and you're not going to notice a difference other than you're going to get to read more pages, because what's going to happen is the, the Missouri version will still continue to be the size that it is, but our online version will be getting larger. So um, you'll be able to read it. We're getting ready to switch to a different format where you can just flip the pages one by one, and you can you know more easily print out articles that you want to print out or, or share with others. And so that's all happening starting with our January issue. Um, but the readers in St. Louis, Springfield, Kansas City, and Columbia, Missouri will still be able to find the magazine as it has always been uh, a tangible pickup item that you can hold in your hands. But we're going for more of a national um, presence. Now, if you happen to live in Missouri, though, I wanted to just tell, uh, mention that I am—I haven't decided on my location yet, but I will be um, posting that on the website, but I will be teaching a uh, Create a 2011 Vision Board um, using feng shui principles so i teach um, treasure mapping vision boarding um, with pictures words images but i teach the nine areas of the feng shui bagua and i help you really get clear on setting clear intentions in all nine areas which then become this congruent um, it's like a grid for your life so that everything's working um, synchronistically together and i'll be offering that on uh, wednesday january 12th in the evening six thirty to nine thirty on january sixteenth which is a sunday from one to four and then i'll be in columbia missouri on January twenty third, which is a Sunday, and um and there's a possibility I'll be teaching that in Kansas City as well. I haven't decided yet. Okay, so the way to find me, I um I'm a Feng Shui consultant and I'm a spiritual psychic. I do readings over the phone to people all over the world, um primarily in the United States and Canada, but you know, sometimes I get the opportunity to meet people in other parts of the world as well. And my um office number is six three six Five three zero seven five seven nine, and this is my weekly show. I um, interview different people, different authors, different spiritual leaders, people who are really making a difference in the world. And um, next week, I will be interviewing the editor of Spirit Seeker, um, Mish Hancock, who many of you have heard. She's filled in for me. Um, several times in the last month, which I'm so grateful for, um, when I had other things that you know really needed my attention. And Mish just stepped in, and she's been doing a wonderful job. And um, I will be um, – actually, I, I apologize. Mish is going to be interviewing someone next week. I interview Mish um, later in the month. I apologize. I'm interviewing Mish actually on December 28th. But Mish Hancock next week fills in for me because it's my son's birthday, and she's interviewing Angie uh, Chauvin. I may have said that wrong. She's a naturopath and a holistic doctor combining uh, body, mind, and spirit uh, balancing. And tonight, my guest has been, and uh, will be for a few more minutes, Dr. Deborah Ann Bourbon. And um, Deborah uh, is the owner of Pathways Bookstore. She is also now, um, she has uh, Heru Productions, which is uh, creating DVDs of wonderful, wonderful teachings that Deborah has been offering You know, to many people, but this is giving her a way to reach globally. And her first DVD is 2012: A Perspective and a Plan, the teachings of Reverend Deborah Ann Bourbon. Um, And it has um, the DVD, but it also has a free MP3 and an audio file, and it has a free uh, PDF. Um, or printout of class notes, and this way she's reaching you. It's neuro-linguistic programming. They can see it, they can hear it, they can feel it. Not <laughs> teasing, but you're 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 coming from every angle. And I think this is really the new way of teaching. And I applaud you for um for accomplishing this. And soon you can find it on her website. But for now, um, you can find it on her website, or you can call her store, which is um, Pathway St. Louis, and it's three one four eight four two zero zero four seven. But soon on her website, you will be able to um, purchase gift items. You'll be able to. Um, you can also find out there about her international travels and where she'll be going in 2011, and et cetera, And then her new DVDs will be there. So Deborah's website is www.pathwaysstl.com. So it's pathwaysstl.com, which is St. Louis. And then um, anything else you want to add, Deborah? before we complete Um,
0: no I want to thank you for having me and I want to encourage everyone you live in wonderful times appreciate the great gift you know I know Cindy from traveling overseas you realize as well that we truly have a great gift in this country to be able to pursue our spiritual quest in safety and in freedom
1: Mm -hmm. and that is a huge gift yes I mean it's just you know so amazing you know um to live in a country where we have so much multicultural diversity, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last card, I just pulled a card just, you know, for our ending, you know, it was like a guidance for, you know, closing tonight, and it's segment. And it's you know basically says be strong and you are stronger than you think you are and your strength is sure as a happy outcome. But Sekhmet also knows when to roar and when when you know um, I mean the story is she turned the Nile River red because there was so much bloodshed and she just had it. Am I right? She just said mm-hmm. that's it. Well, you know and there she... are
0: more statues of Sekhmet in Egypt than any other god or goddess.
1: There are more what?
0: More statues of Sekhmet in Egypt than any no. other god or goddess.
1: And see, we found Sakman at it. this right at this one um, one. Uh, I keep saying I forget the name. Like not plantation, but what what am I saying? What ruins? What the ruins at this one place? And we had to like actually um, act very nonchalant about wanting to see Sakman. They had her under lock and key.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that was in Luxor, the Segment Temple, off to the lock. Yeah.
1: Yes. yes, and we had like yes. there, here we are at six in the morning with these guys with machine guns, and they want to know why we want to see, um, Sekhmet, and we had to like really downplay it. But I'll tell you what, we got in there, and was that not powerful?
0: That was a very powerful space. Oh, oh, that was a oh. very powerful space. Yes,
1: ma'am. <laughs> I mean, you just built it. So Sekhmet, you know, knows when, and what she says is, we're all stronger. Than we think we are, and it's time for us to use that strength to really personally cultivate ourselves and to help others. And I think what you what you just said, Deborah, right right before I drew this card, is you know we're all connected and we're so so lucky. You are right, blessed and honored, you know, to have you know incarnated into the United States, and that's why I think so many people want to do their pilgrimage and come to stay with us here. It's like mm-hmm. you just don't get this freedom elsewhere. Most people don't right. know it because they really just, you know, have never experienced what it's like to not have that. But um, I heard a very that,
0: interesting fact, Cindy, that if you only had enough money to keep a checking account or a savings account open in this country, what is that, a hundred dollars, that you are among the top one percent of the wealthiest people on this planet.
1: I can believe terrifying. that. Most That's people don't terrifying. get it that they have three generations living in one home because they all it takes everybody to make it all work. Mhm you know in our country everybody you know they just don't get it but that's repeat that analogy one more time cuz we're closing what what if if, if you have if you
0: only had enough money to keep a checking or savings account open in this country just one of them you're among the top 1% of the wealthiest people on this planet
1: so the we're going to end with those words those are very wise words and you know and and really traveling to these sacred places humbles you and opens you and expands you in ways that you just get, that there's like, we're like this little tiny grain of, of sand in this huge cosmic, you know, desert, or not desert, but you know what I mean. It's just like we're just so intric- intricately connected. So, Deborah, this is like such an honor to interview you. I've known you for all these years, but this is like the, the first time we've really, you know, oh, I just thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. You have a joyous holiday season and all your listeners
1: as well. Okay, now, listeners, this is stored on Blog Talk. Favorite the show, please. All you have to do is, is favorite it. Um, send me an email to info at com, and I will continue to um, send you notices of the show and let your friends know about this. They can listen. You know, all these shows are archived there, so www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Cindy Meyer, and this interview will be there. And, Deborah, I'll send you the link so that you can um, put it on your website if you choose to. Thank you, okay? dear. All right, so listeners, thank you. And Deborah, thank you. And Nate, thank you for all that you do behind the scenes. Okay, so have a great week, and I'll be back in a couple weeks, but Mish Hancock will be here next week. Namaste. Okay. Namaste. Okay, bye. Bye.